At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd, joined, of course, by David Ungar. We are here to welcome you in to another edition of Hockey Talk. Hockey Talk is, of course, part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And you, of course, know that you can find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, whatever weird nerd bumble website they come up with next to cover podcasts. We're going to probably be on there because we love the internet airwaves. Dave, before we get into today's show, I messed up my kid a little bit today. I intentionally put something on him that I knew would frustrate him to no end and i don't feel bad about it figure four leg lock i don't feel bad about that what you put him in no 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 no. so uh this morning we were kind of killing time watching a youtube channel called watch mojo and watch mojo is a listicle youtube channel i'm subscribed i'm subscribed yes. yes yes all they do is they put out just lists and it's all arbitrary and random and completely designed for you to clickbait your way into getting into arguments with a, a stupid list. Because if if we've proven nothing on this show and other shows, there's nothing we like more than getting pissed off about a perfectly good list. And so I was uh, watching this list, and it was like 20 animated shows that were canceled way too early or ended way too early. And one of the animated shows was Earthworm Jim. They had made a cartoon of Earthworm Jim. It was like, oh, I remember that. That was based on a video game. Connor, you would love it. It's insane. It's an insanely hard platformer that will guarantee to piss you off. And then I proceeded to help him find, on his Nintendo Switch, under the Super Nintendo Library, Earthworm Jim, and was like, go. And kids, for those of you who don't know, like maybe video games are you you know your concept of video games are things like save points and unlimited continues david and i grew up in an era where we didn't have fancy day and things like save points and continues for many of our video 
in many of our video games, you got three lives. You had to earn extra lives by either finding them or hitting a score. And when those three lives were up, Dave, what happened? It was game over. Unless you had the, over, unless you had the Konami code, Konami code, well, then that was different. Well, and let's and let's get to this. Even in the land of Konami code, it wasn't always that great. And for those of you who don't know, Konami code up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start for Contra gets you thirty lives. And if you use it in other Konami games, it would give you bonus lives. I do believe there's a Konami game out there where if you put that code in, it actually punishes you. But I can't remember what game that was. Here's the other thing about the Konami code is in the game that everybody talked about and knew about it, uh, knew about with it, Contra, like that game is fucking impossible. That game, you and what happened is you put this code in, you got 30 lives, and then that game actually gave you three continues. So you had 30 lives, three continues. After your three continues were up, your game was over. So you had 90 opportunities to get through that stinking game. And you needed and all of them. Early on, <laughs> you needed every one of those stupid lives because the game. You didn't have a health bar, kids. Any, It was a one-hit kill game all the way through, period. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You were D-E-D dead. And I actually loved, actually kind of loved watching my dude die because he, he does a little backflip and made it like this hilarious noise. It would be great. Uh, I'm not saying you should add that soundbite anywhere to the to, to the bandwagon nerds catalog. I should find that. Because that'd be a great, just the, the dying in contra noise. It's, it's, it's but, a good one. But I, I believe Earthworm Jim is still amongst those, where it's like three lives, three continues. Once you're done, you're done. And a little down, I do believe he had a yeah. I do believe Earthworm Jim did give you a health bar. But that game, game video games back in the day uh, were brutal like that. Like some games, you might have a password. I remember The Legend of Zelda was revolutionary as the first video game to use a save filing system. And that, and that was the first game where you could save your progress on the cartridge. And even with that, you had very specific rules or you risked not keeping the game. Do you remember the, the universal rule with once you saved your game and leaving the system? Do you remember what you had to do? Oh, gosh. Um, it's, it's, it's escaping me. You had, to hold, you had to hold the reset right. button when right. you turned the power off. I don't know why nobody ever explained it, but it was taboo. Like it was like that first time you actually just like no brain didn't hit power. You were worried that you might lose your game. Now it seemed not to happen. It never happened to me. Like, I don't know. I, if you're one of those noble people who saw your Nintendo melt when you didn't hold reset, when you turned the power off, like let us know in the comments that you never posted. Cause who knows if we even have 26 listeners, like a bandwagon hurts. I don't know. I, I'll tell you, I, I've looked at, uh, I wanted to s- give a shout out to people. I've seen, I don't know, can you get into Red Circle still? I don't know if you can or not, but. I can get into Red Circle. Okay. I can't get into right. WordPress. <laughs> if you look at problem. our download numbers for Hockey Talk, they're like shockingly outpacing BWN lately. So I'm like, oh, okay. Uh-oh. People like hockey all of a sudden. It's it's our witty banter. Now, I remember like Dragon Warrior uh like the first one which i think mm. is now called dragon quest you could save but yep. it had to be in like a specific location to get it you know or else you couldn't it's kind of fairy fa- final fantasy like where you have to be in a certain right. place to save or it doesn't work yeah you had to you had to go to an inn you had to like stay at an inn to save your progress or the king the right. king could also save your progress at dragon warrior i and- think i think after you are done traumatizing connor with earthworm jim 
You should uh, just say, "Hey, try Super Ghouls and Ghosts out." It's 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 pretty easy. Oh, I I'll, I got another one. Battletoads. Yes. Battletoads was the worst. Uh, all of those were terrible. But hey, that's that's not why we're here today. We're here to talk a little bit of hockey. And I, I I think here's what's fun. I didn't share with Dave the story I want to talk about, but Dave, breaking news as we record here on Kayfabe Tuesday, literally moments before we hit record on the show, the attrition has begun. Da, da, da. As is typical early in the hockey season, inevitably there is a team that will not perform well, will not make, you know, will not meet expectations, and somebody gets fired. And our first head rolled today as word has come out of Edmonton. And I love, by the way, I love the headline on NHL.com. Did you see what it what it was called? Uh oh, hold on a second. God, I sent it to you. You'd think I would know it, right? But you sent me the ESPN link. The oh, NHL dot the NHL the NHL.com link, the title of the article is Oil Change. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, ah, I see what you did there. That's right. Edmonton has fired their hockey coach, Jay Woodcroft. The Oilers are are three, nine and one. They did win at Seattle on Saturday, but to say starting out seventh in the Pacific division ahead of only the lowly San Jose Sharks, which by the way, congratulations to San Jose, finally notching a couple of victories. Yeah. Look at that. Flyers. What happened? It's like, it's like, like like, we're like, we're like the reverse curse. If we talk about you, you start to do well. And what's this is my favorite thing about hockey is hockey and organizations are not afraid to make coaching changes, history be damned, you know, performance be damned. Because here's the funny thing about Jay Woodcroft. Overall, he's not been a terrible coach. Like he's he's in 133 regular season games over three seasons with the Oilers. 79, 41, and 13. That's not bad. Where he's hung up, where he got hung up, 14 and 14 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And to get off to the start that he got off to with the roster he has, like, there's just no patience there. There's no patience there. And Edmonton, as is just about every other Canadian franchise in the NHL, like, they don't. There, there's no excuses. They are so thirsty for Stanley Cup playoff success and a Stanley Cup that they're not they're not going to play like they're not going to do it. And you know you have you have arguably the best player in hockey on your team. Now, granted, you need help around them, but the expectations are higher. And to, and to come out the way that they did, woof. woof. I, um, like you're saying, you've got the best player in the league on your team. Um, and. I understand he's been hurt. He's been banged up. He hasn't been in there the whole time. But like you're saying, you got to right. have some of these other guys have got to step up. Dry sidle. Um, goaltending has been awful. Defense has been, you know, geez, I mean, really not up to where when you, when you think about, I mean, this is a team that was very close last year to breaking through and just couldn't do it. But I think slow start combined with the playoff failures. Uh, this is a team that should be near the top of the Pacific. They're not. So, yeah, that's... um. I'm not, I mean, I'm not that surprised. I I think I mentioned it last week or something like that. I was like looking at Edmonton thinking, geez, these guys are off to a hard start. Right. It's and just zero quarter. Just to, you you were talking a little bit about the stats and, and this is why I appreciate articles like, uh, from the NHL.com. Just, just this season. Okay, Edmonton, you talked about goals. Edmonton ranks 29th 
in the NHL in goals allowed per game, 3.92, ahead of only Minnesota and San Jose. Connor McDavid has 10 points. He only has two goals and eight assists in 11 games and is without a goal in 10 straight games. That's, I mean, he scored 65 goals and had 153 points last year. And then Dreisaitl, Leon Dreisaitl, also, you know, 50 goal scorer in his own right consecutive seasons. He has five goals in 13 games. Like, that, that's just not going to cut it. And so that leaves, um, that leaves Woodcroft out. They also fired their assistant coach, Dave Monson, or uh, Dave, Dave Manson, sorry, not Munson, Manson with A. Uh, and it, moves Chris Knobloch as Woodcroft's replacement. He's a 45-year-old. He coached the New York Rangers AHL affiliate for four seasons. And he did, this is his first go at uh, guiding an NHL team. He has experience coaching with Connor McDavid. He coached Connor McDavid for three seasons at Erie in the Ontario Hockey League. And so there's some familiarity there. So some comfort there, I'm assuming. Uh, and then they also brought in who was the guy? Uh, Paul Coffey is is the guy who's replacing Dan Manson. So Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame player, four time Stanley Cup champ, three of them with Edmonton, um, and he's a three time Norris Trophy winner. So he again, I don't know Paul. I don't know Paul Coffey, the coach. Paul Coffey, the player, was one of the all-time greats. There's no argument there. So it'll be interesting to see if this is if if this is going to result in a turnaround. Um, I, I I'll be interested to see if more comes out about this firing that we haven't heard about. Maybe the players were done with this too. Like you know, just Jay Woodcroft. This is it, even with their poor start. I, it would be disingenuous of me to say that I'm that I wasn't surprised. Like. I was surprised by this because you're looking at a team that made the playoffs last couple of years, played very, very competitively in the playoffs, was close. And so you like we looked at Edmonton as being a team, being a playoff contender. Uh, and, and, you know, as I say that, those are all the reasons that the guy got fired. I'm just surprised that, that he got fired that fast. Yeah, so, it's um, it's surprising nuts. when it when it happens that quick. But yeah, it, it's it kind of lets you know what the expectations are in Edmonton, and they are not living up to them at all. And it's like, look, you there. I think the mindset is you didn't have these guys prepared to play. Um, they aren't living up to expectations. I think you know bringing in the uh, a guy from the AHL, you're seeing more teams do this. Forty five, he's going to be like what? I think Carberry for the Caps is the youngest coach in the league right now, and. T- yeah. I, you know, as far as the job he's doing, I'm coming around saying, you know, this guy actually, I'm I'm digging what he's what he's selling to them. Um, and my dog is apparently agreeing with with that. But, uh, yeah, I think yes, I, it's that's tough, man. They've had good success, but that playoff payoff, man, that that's that's where you really are. And they're like, shit, we got to do something. Where we might not even get there. So I get it. I'm like you. It's surprising to me, but but I I get where they're going. Yeah, and this is hockey, right? Like this is we talk about this every year. Every like every season of hockey talk, we have had conversations about where um who's first, who's next, who's dead last. So I don't know, we'll have to see. You know who's not getting fired anytime soon? The head coach of the Boston Bruins. Jim Montgomery. Yeah. 
You know who else isn't getting it? Last, last week, we sat there and we heaped praise on the Vegas Golden Knights. This week, I got to heap praise on the Boston Bruins. It's like, they're now the cheat code. Again, the best regular season team in the NHL. Now, they got a big chip on their soldier to play for if they want to, you know, if they continue this run, which still undefeated at home, repeating exactly what they did last year. They need to not fully repeat exactly what they did last year. But uh, infusion of youth, infusion of some new faces, they are, they're rolling, man. They're rolling. Yeah, it's, um, it's annoying again to look at these guys and 11, one and two. It's like, geez, maybe you guys should drop a few games here and there just to break up kind of where you were a year ago. But yeah, they show no signs of slowing down. They're just, they're just plugging right along. I don't want to talk about Boston though. I want to talk about the team that I picked to win the Stanley Cup this year. And the New York okay. the New York Rangers are on fucking fire. Uh Peter Laviolette, former coach of the Caps. It's fun to me to watch what he is doing with all that talent. And the Rangers are like 8-0 and 1 their last 9 games. They are uh, you know, looking awfully strong in a, in a really tough and getting tougher metropolitan division. Um, yeah, I, you know, everything that he's doing and I don't know if I, 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 I take that back. I do know younger players, better players. Uh, I think the Rangers are going to be a big problem for teams moving forward. They're scoring better this year too. They sure are They're scoring better this year. Last, the last couple of seasons, the big question and problem for the New York Rangers has been, can they score enough goals? to beat teams in the playoffs because the goaltending in the defense has been there for the last two seasons. And last year they tried to address it. Like they brought in at the trade deadline, they brought in, you know, um, Vladimir Tarasenko. They brought in some, some names to score and they, you know, they're just, I don't know. It's a different, it's a different game. It's a different game this year. And they're putting, they're putting shots in the back of the net. They are and I, at a much higher clip. You know, they're not the highest scoring team in the league, but they didn't need, they don't need to be the highest scoring not team. With league, right? Shister- they needed, not with Shesterkin, you don't need to be. Right. But you need to, you need to be a competent scoring team in the league. And they're finally doing that. So yeah, I'm oh, looking forward to the just, Bruins, um, Bruins Rangers when they, when they play. Like we talked a couple weeks ago, circling that whole, um, oops, something went weird. Yeah, you're back. Okay. You, it just sounded like your mic went funny. It did go. It, yeah, it just it just disconnected for a second. But um, what is on anyway? Uh, yeah, I think I think that would be cool to see. You know, like we talked a few weeks ago about the Knights and and Colorado when they were going to meet, and of course that was a blowout. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Rangers and Boston playing. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to ask you about was remember we were worried about the Tampa Bay Lightning earlier this year. Could they weather the storm with all these injuries and? Um, we thought they could, but I don't know, man. Yeah, they're, they're struggling they're, a bit. They're, they're they're a middling team right now. Sorry, Tony. Like, Sorry, Tony. Well, but we keep t- like we talked about the the decline of Tampa Bay last season. It, it happens with every team. They're, they're ebbing, they're flowing, and yeah, when you're without your all everything goalie, like what are you gonna do, right? Like you're kind of you're kind of stuck. So, um, I'm not particularly surprised that they're struggling. Um. And again, but it's so early. It's just, it's so early in the season to throw out the baby with the bathwater on Tampa Bay. We're not even a quarter of the way through. Right. You know, and they're six, five and four. So they're, they're just, they're hanging on. 
that's really what they're doing. They're just hanging on. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, and at, with every win, their local media is going to say everything's fixed. Uh, like kind of like my Blues, like my Blues has has uh, players get a pair of hat tricks in a game, and we're like, offense is fixed, all better. No, no. One game we had an explosion. You got to do that day in and day out. And you're not doing it day in and day out. That's why you're fourth in the division right now, as opposed to first, because Dallas scores goals. Winnipeg scores lots of goals. Uh, Boston scores goals. These teams getting it done. So, yeah, like Tampa Bay, sure, get your goalie back. Get your goalie back. We can talk. Um, we mentioned it at the time. I mentioned it offhandedly, but, you know, congrats to San Jose being the last team to finally notch a win, get two wins. Philly, uh, thank you for doing the job. Yeah, you hate it, to see you know, it. Oh, God, yeah. I hate to see Philly. Hate to I see hate it. to see the Flyers just sucking. It's, yeah. Also, your caps are in third place, and Ovi scored two goals, man. Maybe I was a little hasty on my criticism of your boy Alex Ovechkin. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think uh, he had an empty netter. He tied Wayne Gretzky for the most empty net goals in NHL history at 56. Oh, oh. Um, he scored, well, one goal he got, uh, on a, it's just, we've seen it so many times, he got the draw on the faceoff and just shot it by, you know, uh, Varlamov. So, uh, I, you know, I think, yeah, the, the, I think the Caps and Blues are both kind of exceeding our expectations. I had written these guys off a couple weeks ago, and ever yeah. since then, their defenses played really well. They, you know, they had a breakdown against Florida in overtime and gave up the fastest goal in Florida Panthers overtime history. It's all right. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think Backstrom backing away, uh, Carberry really kind of, I like this guy cause he's not afraid of calling this, this team out and they need that. And he did that a couple days ago. He called them out for the effort against Florida in overtime and they responded by, you know, they, they took that out. They took that out on the Islanders. Uh, and I think they beat somebody else earlier in the week. Um, so yeah, I, you know, the caps are better than I thought they'd be. Uh, they're right. I don't know if they can maintain it. You know, I just don't know. It depends what the kids do and what the young guys do and how Carberry can do, but like, they've got this role rotating goaltender shit going on. You know, it's Kemper, it's Lindgren, it's Hunter Shepard who came in and stopped all but one shot against a really good. Well, I say really good, but the Islanders are struggling as well. So, yeah, they're good. Pittsburgh's suddenly climbed out of the basement. They've won four in a row. The Penguins are nauseatingly looking like the Penguins. Um, I don't know what's happening out west. Let's see what's going on. Oh, surprise, Vegas and Vancouver still still pretty good. Yeah, I'm not particularly interested in talking about uh, standings this week. I think the firing was was kind of the, the big topic I wanted to talk in the first half of the show. We are going to take our first commercial Bedard break. Bedard got a couple goals, uh, so he's he's delivering. He did. And, and you know, the, uh, the word out of Chicago and kind of the most recent interviews about Connor Bedard is that the game's starting to slow down for him a little. Starting to get his legs, start to learn the NHL, which is expected, right? Like, you just you expect for a, a 18-year-old, 17, 18-year-old kid to to take a, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. So he's, he's getting there. He's learning the game. The, the Blackhawks are probably still two years away before, before they're ready to make some noise and Bedard will be a big part of that. So, all right, we, we're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we are going to talk about uh, the NHL hall of fame because this coming Monday is the in hall uh, is the NHL hall of fame induction ceremony. Dave and I 
are going to wax poetic about a couple of the folks that were uh, that are part of that inductee list that was released in June. So stick around for that. You are listening to Bandwagon or not Bandwagoners. Oops, you're listening to Hockey Talk on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. It's like I do more than one show. It's weird. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, welcome back. Hockey Talk here. Patrick O'Dowd, David Ungar on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Make sure you head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and check out that sweet, sweet chair shop merch. All kinds of great t-shirt designs out there for you. Only $19.99. Spend a few dollars more. Get a soft style in your giblets. Will, thank you. Dave, I didn't have a chance to share this article with you. And for that, I am sorry. But back in June, June 2023, as is typical with most sports, uh, the league announced its Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2023. And Monday, this past Monday, as you're listening to this, because it's Fabe Tuesday, the induction uh, ceremony will be complete. Induction weekend is, has, has come and gone. And I thought it would just be kind of fun to talk about the names, the, the class, because this is a pretty strong class. We have Pierre Turgeon. Henrik Lundqvist, Mike Vernon, Tom Barrasso, Caroline Ouellette, and Ken Hitchcock, and Pierre Lacroix. And that's Lacroix's family getting their Hall of Fame rings at their ceremony and press conference this past weekend. And so some goalies, some really, really good goalies. Henrik Lundqvist headlining that group. How much did you hate Lundqvist when he played? Uh, he was right. I would say it's Sid and Malkin and then least, Lund- Lundquist would be like one half rung below that on the ladder of hatred. Is it because you hate Swedish men? No, I don't think it has anything to do with that. It's uh, a deep seated hatred for the New York Rangers. And that, I mean, Penn's caps is the rivalry. Rangers caps is not that far, especially when you look at the series that we had with the Rangers was... I mean, the Pens owned us. The Rangers was more even-handed. and But yeah, I mean, there's a couple of places where it's like, God, we should have beat these guys. <laughs> we really should have beat these guys. How did we lose this series? Uh, but it, a lot of it had to do with King Henrik. And, um, you know, and I know I was like reading something. There's like some Ranger fan at a Q&A had asked him what it was like to have the Caps jersey. And it broke her heart when she signed with them. I'm like, shut the hell up. He, he was a free agent. He signed a good deal. He never suited up for them because, unfortunately, he had the heart condition. But, um, yeah, yeah, the king, he was he was something. I mean, he was really, really, really good. I think, like, he shut out the Caps in game six and seven. And until 
Uh, like he's the first guy I remember doing that. And he'll hope he did it to, to the lightning in the cup run of 2018 in game six and seven, but he single-handedly stole a few of those games. I saw him. I, I was glad to see him get to the cup at least once. Um, they got steamrolled by the Kings, but no one was beating the Kings in 2014 anyway. So uh, yeah, he's, I have nothing but respect for the guy hated, hated what he did to us, but it's one of those situations. And you've been there too, where I hate this guy because of what he's done to my team, but I would not be opposed to him having him on my team at any point. So I I have, I have so many of those dudes. Oh yeah. Sergei Fedorov. Yes. uh, Iserman. Yeah. See, it's funny because like Brandon Shanahan, I will never forgive ever, ever. Fuck you. Uh, Cause I didn't, it's funny. I didn't begrudge Brett Hull when he left us for the stars. <laughs> like when Brett Hull left the blues for the star, he was always a blue as evidenced by how drunk he was in 2019 when we celebrated the cup in St. Louis and he got to be the drunk uncle, drunk uncle on a stage yelling, we went blues. Um, yeah. There's so many of those sorts of guys that uh, Chris Chelios, God, I hated Chelios both as a Blackhawk and as a red. <laughs> like it didn't, it didn't matter. Um, Career total, I mean, he had a 2.43 goals against average for an NHL career. That's... Oh, Lundquist? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. His, uh, his career playoff uh, goals uh, goals against was 2.3. So he was he was tough. King, King he, Henrik, as you like to point out. Yeah, he was... I mean, it, the whole class is... You're looking at yeah. some really, really good goaltenders in, in this class. I mean, Vernon, yep. uh, Stanley Cup champion, Tom Barrasso. I don't know if he won a cup or not, but... Uh, he was always perpetually uh, in there in the playoffs and that sort of thing. So that's a really strong goaltending class for sure. Right. Um, can we talk? I, I'm happy that Ken Hitchcock is getting into the, the NHL Hall of Fame uh, because he's like, so he like the coach everywhere he went, he won hockey game for the, for the franchise. I mean, he coached the blues briefly um, for a few seasons. He, wasn't he the and, stars uh, coach when they won the cup? I got, I'm going to, I'm actually looking it up right now. Since, uh, yes, this guy's career. He, let's see. Lindy Ruff he won a Stanley Sabres. Cup with the, he won a Stanley Cup with the Stars right. in 99. Because I remember um, Lindy was the Sabres coach for that. No goal bullshit, but whatever. Because, because Ken Hitchcock, like I said, all he ever did was where, whatever franchise he went to, he may not have won the Cup for that team, but he got them bites at the apple. Like when he took over the Blues in 2000, in, in 2012, or sorry, 2011, after Davis Payne got fired, the Blues, I mean, they, they, they weren't going to win any Stanley Cups, but they made, they started making playoffs again. And that was, I mean, that was rough for a long time. And, you know, took over in 2011, got us to the conference semifinal. Took, you know, 2012 conference quarterfinals. Then we lost in the first round a couple years in a row before losing in the conference finals in San Jose, and then he got fired in 2016. And we know what would happen two years, you know, three years later. But um, I, I, I appreciated what he did for the St. Louis Blue franchise because he, he turned around a franchise that was really struggling, and, and that was great. Then, as with any fan base, and you know this, right, like your team makes the – you always say to yourself, and fans don't say this. Like, you're lying to yourself if you say this. If you say as a fan, all I want is to win one championship, and then I won't care what they do for the rest of my days. Bullshit. Bullshit. You're wrong. It's just like 
fans, like I'm, everybody knows this. I'm a University of Illinois fighting Illini fan. And right now our fan base is in this, all we want to do with college football, all we want to do is make the bowl, we want to make a bowl consistently. That's all we want. Set six to seven wins. Maybe we have a big year where we win 10 and we go 10 and two and go to a fancier bowl. But like, we'll just be happy going to bowls. Bullshit. And that's what happened to Ken Hitchcock. We were all like, man, we just want to make the playoffs again. We miss it. Blah, 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 blah. Then we made the playoffs. We started making the playoffs regularly. And then all of a sudden it was like, when you gonna when you gonna win the cup, Hitch? When you gonna take us to that next step, Ken? When you why are you getting bounced in the first round again, Ken? Why are you running that dump and chase shit, Ken? Why do you just keep doing that? Stop it, Ken. You're fired. Fucking you're fired. You're fucking fired. Yeah, look at uh Bruce Boudreaux for the Caps is the greatest example of that. Tremendous regular season coach, set records, point records, and, and scoring records, but couldn't win in the playoffs. And, you know, and, and after a while, you're just like, all right, that's enough. I've seen enough. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I think like you and I are both like when the Caps won the cup in 2018, I was cool with it. Until that goal that Carolina scored in game seven that eliminated the Caps from their cup defense. And ever since then, I've been like, can we get good again? Is that like too much to ask? So, you know, but I I think, yeah, with Hitchcock, with hockey, and you and I know this as well as anybody, all you got to do is get to the, you get to the dance, you've got a shot. You've got a shot. And, and even if you're an eight seed, you got a better than average shot. Look at the Panthers. Look at Columbus, what they did to uh, Tampa Bay a few years ago. So you get in. And anything is possible in hockey more so than any other sport I can think of. So, yeah, get us to the playoffs. Thank you. Now, let's go from there. And then it's like, and now win. Because if you don't win, then, you know, whatever. Right. You got us to the playoffs. Now you get us to the playoffs next year. All right. Now you got to get past the first. Toronto is the perfect example of this scenario. I I do want to take, let's let's acknowledge the the, the non-goalie that that also got on Pierre Turgeon as well with and this the other thing that always blows my mind with uh, with hockey. Eric Turgeon played hockey for 20 years in the NHL, basically 19 years in the, in the NHL. Last two years with the Avalanche. Of course, that last one he only played he played 17 games before he retired. But you know his his time with the Sabers and the Islanders. Yeah, and it's funny uh, again growing up in the the mid to late 90s. I knew him as a blue and his his last year as a blue he played damn near 80 games he was a beast for us at least in terms of like time on the ice and loved his presence loved his edge he get a little salty he get a little salty on the ice i don't know if you if you knew that or not but he can he gets scrum with the best of them oh i mean you want to talk what one of the all-time cheap biggest cheap shots i ever saw was done by one of my guys to Turgeon. Game six right. of the nineteen 19- nobody likes him. Game six, nineteen ninety three Patrick Division semifinals. I was looking this up. I was like, God, this this guy is the same guy. Dale Hunter. After it was clear the Islanders were going to eliminate the Caps, just cheap shotted the shit out of Pierre Turgeon. Earned himself a nice fat suspension, and uh, I remember that very well. So yeah, Turgeon major thorn in the side of my team while he was a member of the New York Islanders. But hell of a player. I mean, like you're saying, had a had a. Definite mean streak to him, could score, could scrap, could check, could do all those things, all those intangibles you want to see, uh, just did it in the wrong jersey, um, my opinion. Or was it the right jersey? <laughs> for him. For him, it was the right jersey. For, <laughs> right. Oh, God. Good times. Good times. Anyway, 
congratulations to those guys. All obviously very deserving of their enshrinement into the NHL Hall of Fame. I'm going to use your talk for a second while I use the cough button. So take over for a moment um, and lead us out of here. Tell us, uh, we got to wrap up because we're running out yeah, of time. Yeah, people so. are going to start showing up. Well, uh, yeah, let's call it a day. Tell everybody yeah. they can find you and you, then sign us out, buddy. You could find me on the platform formerly known as Twitter, now known as X at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Mr. O'Dowd will be back in a moment to give you his contact information but yeah another interesting week in the nhl that's for sure and we will see uh see what happens with edmonton from here see if they can get right the ship or something yeah they definitely have the talent to do so you can follow me on the x twitter at wrestling realist that is at w-r-e-s-t-l-n-g-r-e-a-l-i-s-t that uh call sign works also on instagram and reds great week dave can't wait to see what happens next Hope everyone has a a good week watching hockey. We will catch you in two weeks because I'm going on vacation. So we ain't going to have hockey talk next week unless Dave finds a pinch hitter. So in a couple weeks, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. Until that time, this has been Patrick O'Dowd and Dave Ongar, and you've been listening to Hockey Talk here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com.